Well, good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. I want to say hello to both Spring Lake Park and Maple Grove and those watching online. Happy Easter to everyone. Why don't you give it up for all your friends and the Emmanuel family. Wow. We get to worship together. You know, I'm so excited about Easter, I could almost jump off the platform. Of course, at my age, that might have consequences. Uh, I used to be able to do a whole lot more than I can nowadays. But one of the reasons that I'm so excited about it is because this morning we celebrate the fact that Jesus, who died on a cross, went into a tomb, is now alive. He's not dead. He's alive. Somebody say amen. And I want to get right into it because in, Matt, in uh, Luke chapter 24, it's just a little glimpse of the story of his resurrection. It says, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found the, the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, and so they went in. But they didn't find the body of G the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. And the women were terrified, and they bowed with their faces to the ground. And then and the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. What we are worshiping and celebrating is about Jesus, the real Jesus. And when you meet the real Jesus and he changes your life, you got to shout about it. My grandpa, who was a pastor and a preacher, I remember growing up and I, I said, Grandpa, why are you so excited all the time? And he shouts and he would sing glory in the middle of the weirdest places. And he said, Nate, or he would say Nathan because they all called me Nathan back then. He said, Nathan. When the Holy Ghost hits you, something's got to wiggle. <laughs> so there's a response to whatever's happening, and we're responding to the resurrection of Jesus today. And not only are we responding, but our friends, our sisters and brothers around the world right now are worshiping and celebrating the very same thing we are. Because Jesus, who was called the friend of sinners, the friend of sinners, went to the cross for our sin, died and rose again, and he's still the friend of sinners. Come on, somebody. And when we think about his resurrection, we can, we can shout about it. Something's got to wiggle. Something comes out. And people worldwide are responding as they have for 2,000 years. As believers have gathered on every continent, they have had a call and a response. It's not just that I'm thankful that Jesus is risen, but I'm in relationship with sisters and brothers in Christ who also are celebrating that Jesus is risen. And believers would say things like this. They would say, he is risen. And that call would go out. And the response was, he is risen indeed. And it was like an echo going back and forth between believers as people responded to the resurrection power of Jesus. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And when I think about it, he, people are worshiping him all over the world, in Central and South America at this very moment. People are worshiping Jesus, the risen Savior. And they're saying it in Spanish, in Portuguese. They're saying he is risen. And people are responding, he is risen indeed. 
And if you go up to China and over into China where there are hundreds of millions of Christians right now, many of them, they cannot worship publicly or openly, but they are saying it not loudly, but they're saying he is risen. And the Chinese are responding back to him. He is risen indeed. And they are so excited about the very thing we are worshiping Jesus about in this place today. And if you're going down to Africa, there are hundreds of millions of Christians in Africa in their native garb, in their nationality, wherever they are, and they're following Jesus, and they're not afraid to die, even though there's conflict with Islam. They are celebrating Jesus right now, and they're saying, he is risen. Only in Africa, they're a little bit more expressive. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. And they are worshiping Jesus. And they're expressing the power of our risen Savior today. That's why we are so excited. Today on the platform behind me, you see a bridge. And we've constructed a bridge. It's actually a working bridge. It works. I can walk across the bridge. Now, bridges are a part of our lives. We don't even think about it. We cross them all the time. Over time, people constructed bridges because it helped them get from one place to the other without going miles around. Sometimes over water that was too deep to cross and then they have to go upstream miles and miles and they would build a bridge or across the canyon or, or an obstacle and they would build a bridge. And the way that they would build a bridge is they would start with a foundation on each side. And on each side, they would build a foundation and then they would build what's called a bridge deck from each side and they would meet somewhere in the middle. And the idea would be that as they met together, it would be secure enough to hold the weight of people going across. It's really important that the bridge actually holds people, right? Uh, I recall just a few years ago, I used to work at North Central University in downtown Minneapolis, and I crossed the 35W over Mississippi Bridge every day. I crossed it three times the day that it collapsed. It's important that the bridges hold, isn't it? Bridges are a big part of our life, though, and even a part of our conversation. If you think about it, we talk about bridges, and we, we're not even thinking about, don't burn the bridge, we might tell somebody, or build a bridge and get over it. How many of you have ever used that to your kids? <laughs> build a bridge. But often we'll say something like this, I'll cross that bridge when I, when I come to it or when I get to it. And it's as if we're saying, I don't want to deal with that right now, whatever it is that you're telling me. I will deal with it later on. I'll, I'll, I'll approach that question later on, and I'll cross that bridge at that time. Bridges are really important. And I want to submit to you today that not only Easter and the story of Jesus and the risen Savior, but Jesus himself is the bridge. And when you think about humanity, humanity, we've had a difficulty since the garden. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, before they had sinned, they had relationship, perfect relationship with God. They were in connection with God. In fact, the scripture seems to allude that they walked and talked with God. There was no death in the garden. There was no disease in the garden. There was no pain or conflict in the garden. And then they sinned. And the first Adam and Eve, they sinned. And when they did, all of a sudden, a Grand Canyon gulf developed between them. They were on one side and God was on the other. They, in a sense, burned the bridge between them and God. And as they did that, 
They experienced a great cavity in their life, a hole, if you will. Something was missing. And as humanity grew over the many centuries and millennia, people have tried to build their own bridge from their side to God's side. And world religions are nothing more than huge construction projects trying to get to God. If you do this and you do that and jump through this hoop and you do enough uh, uh, prayers of this way that somehow you're, you're hoping that you'll meet and that bridge will cross over and somehow you get to God. But the problem with that is this. None of the efforts have worked. They don't work. They're futile. In fact, the scripture says that everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God or God's standard. There's something that doesn't get them to the other side. It's as if they're shooting an arrow and they're missing the target. That's all sin is. Sin is just missing the target. It doesn't mean you're some big, bad, crazy serial killer. Hopefully there's none of those in here today. But if you are, Jesus' love reaches out to you, okay? But the, there's a gap between me and God. And so all these world religions have tried to get us to the other side in the own, they're not trustworthy. It's as if you jump on the bridge and you get going there and you get halfway in and it's, there's nothing there. It doesn't get you to God. And you're prevented from reaching God. People, humans, have always done things that have tried to fill gaps in our life. People even in 2016 are still trying to kind of scratch the itch inside that they can't quite reach. Still looking for wholeness and hope in other things. It's as if we've got our own bridges. And our bridge we're trying to build <laughs> doesn't get us to the other side. It's too small. This is just a little train track bridge. <laughs> but your bridge might be your effort of trying to stay healthy. Health, there's nothing wrong with being healthy. We've got fads in America of being healthy in different ways. For me, I'm somewhat like an accordion. I come in and I go out. I come in and I go out. My clothes change. But people are trying to eat more healthy. They're trying to make a way so that they don't get disease. So they don't have the impact of, of sin on them. And the curse of sin and death. But at the end of it, they're trying to jump onto something and it's not a real secure bridge. It doesn't last. Some people, they chase their careers. And they think, when I get that job or when I get to that uh, uh, economic level, when I, when I find that right spouse, then, then I'll be fulfilled. But when they get there, it still doesn't quite reach. It's as if they keep falling short. They can't reach it. And really, it does matter, matter what kind of bridge that you jump on. And it does matter where it's going, trying to bridge the gulf between mankind's side and God's side from the human side just doesn't work. And all kinds of bridges are out there with no certainty about getting to the other side. Remember the story of, of a little girl, who, teenage girl who finally got her driver's license. She was so excited. And her daddy was concerned for her. And so she, he gave her instructions. He said, if you ever get stuck in a snowstorm, then all I want you to do is follow a plow. The plow will keep you safe and it'll get you to where you need to go. So sure enough, the girl gets in a snowstorm and she's scared to death and she finds a snowplow and she stays behind the snowplow for over an hour. She's turning when the snowplow turns and going where the snowplow goes. 
And then finally the snowplow driver stops and he puts his truck in park and he goes back and he taps on her window and he said, hi, honey, are you okay? And she said, yes, my daddy told me that, that if I ever get stuck in a snowstorm, I, I just need to follow a snowplow. And he said, well, well, you're okay, you're fine following me. I just finished uh, Home Depot lot. I'm about to do Walmart. <laughs> and uh, if, if you'd like to follow me. <laughs> How many know you can sincerely follow something and still end up in the wrong place? Somehow it doesn't get you from here to where you really want to go. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. See, all these bridge materials that we try to make and, and try to follow will run out one day. And we discover that every time that we attend a funeral. As we stand in a funeral, we're reminded of something that we try to ignore. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. We try to ignore the facts that this is not the land of the living, this is the land of the dying. The next one's the land of the living. And Jesus is the only one that can take you through the land of the living. And we're in denial about some of those facts underneath the surface. Some people, they tried so hard at religion and trying to please other people that they stopped even thinking about a bridge. But I want you to know, even though you stop trying and you're thinking, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, you still have a gap between you and that which would make you complete. Yeah. There's a gap between you and your destination. And this is the good news of Easter. The good news of Easter is that God saw humanity with a gap and he built a bridge to us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, Jesus was sent on mission to us. He came on mission to bridge the gap for us. He was sent from God to us, not to meet halfway, but to go all the way. And Jesus' entire life, he was born and he was raised as a, with a sinless life. You can see little snippets of the love of God and how he interrelated with people. The type of people that he would spend time with. He would spend time with sinners and outcasts and people nobody else would spend time with. Only great love does that. He crossed cultural divides, cared about individuals, old and young. He knew where people were and he went their direction. Jesus' entire life was a bridge to us. But not only that, Jesus, as he moved towards his crucifixion, as they uh, unjustly accused him of something, and he had to go to the cross, which was his entire mission, his entire life. He knew ultimately he had to go to the cross. He chose to cross the bridge, if you will, to build the bridge. And he went to the cross for our sin. And the process of going to the cross, he went through deep internal pain. He was rejected by the Father. He understands people who have been rejected. 
He was bruised and beaten and whipped uh, with the cat and nine tails, which ripped pieces of his flesh out of his back. He had a crown of thorns shoved into his skull. He was hurt and in pain and spit upon, and the entire crowd was pointing angry fingers at him. So I want you to know this bridge who is Jesus is one that identifies all who are hurting. And if you are in pain today, if you are experiencing rejection, if you are feeling the loneliness that comes from um, being pulled away from people that you care about, if you've gone through things that you deserve what you got, but you're still in pain, you need to know Jesus understands you. He understands your pain, and that bridge to you is one at your level. Just uh, a few, uh, about a year ago, uh, some guys from church, we went to the Middle East, and part of our trip, we went to Cairo, Egypt. And in Cairo, Egypt, it's one of the oldest major cities of the world. It's old and dirty in some places. It's just on top, people on top of people on top of people. And as we flew in there, we, we were going into what would be considered a dangerous place because five days before we flew in, 21 Egyptian Coptic Christians were murdered by ISIS. Perhaps you remember that. And uh, it was all over the world news, and Egypt as a nation rose up to go bomb this ISIS camp in retaliation. And because Cairo is kind of a melting plot in, in, in many ways is the center of the philosophical and theological Islamic world, the Islamic universities there in, in Cairo. It became a place that was very dangerous for tourists, and Egypt counts on tourism for its economy. So Egypt has an interest in caring for its tourists. So we get off the plane, and I'm a white American Christian. How many you know I could be a target, right? And so e Egypt sent security officers from their government to protect us and to guide us through the day. We were only there one day, but they took us down. We were at one of the oldest mosques in the world and walked in and walked out and they were watching and they told us where to step and where not to step and where to go. Got in a van and we drove to the edge of town where the great pyramids are. We spent time there and by the end of the day, we were safe. This is what I know. The security guards knew where the danger was and wasn't and they protected me from it. They knew how to navigate the journey. You know what Jesus is? John 14, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus was saying, I am your security to get you from one side to the other. So if you're afraid of the journey, if you're afraid of this life, if you're going through troubled times, you're worried about what's going on around you, Jesus is your way to cross the great divide. Come on, somebody. He is your bridge. You, you can trust him. He's trustworthy. And when it comes down to it, as the giver of life, we need to trust him because the wages of our sin, as Romans 6.23 says, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, God the Father said, I love you too much to let you stay on the other side. And he built his best bridge, his son, and he sent Jesus to the earth. And there are many people that would say, well, don't all roads lead to heaven, to God? No. 
If God the Father sent his son, his best to us, and his son is the way, the truth, and the life, why would he send anything else? He gave up his son for us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You think that you can just get your phone out and dial any number and get God? No, the only number that will get you to God is J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. And yes, I know those are letters, not numbers. <laughs> so Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the way that you can know that this cross you know, as Jesus died, it was as if he went into the ground. It was as if he went down and his death brought the bridge to us. And as that bridge went across, there were many people that died, many religious leaders, maybe many world religions that professed a, uh, a truth, a way of, of living to get to God and to gain his favor. And many of them have died. All of them have died. But Jesus is the only one that came back up alive. And so if you're thinking about the trustworthy nature of this cross, of this bridge, you need to know Jesus is trustworthy and viable because he rose from the dead. He is worthy of our trust because of that. And so the bridge goes across, and the reason that we can come across is we know it's passed all the permit tests. And the ribbon-cutting ceremony and the release and the freedom for all of us to go across is Jesus' resurrection. That is the reason we celebrate this day. On this day, Jesus opened the bridge and it's free for all to cross. You can choose to cross the bridge of Jesus and the cross of Jesus is a bridge to you. Come on, somebody. You can work, trust him. You can trust the bridge not just because he died, it's because he rose from the dead. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Your heart is the centerpiece of who you are. It includes your thoughts, life. It includes your feelings. And really, the condition of your heart is the result of many other things. You did a lot before you came into this room today. A lot more has gone on than you're necessarily anybody around you knows. And whatever your heart's condition is, may I challenge you to trust in your heart, put your heart's trust in the Lord, to put trust in him. And I know that you can trust him. Now, last night I went and I was looking at some old uh, messages that I had heard and, and some that I had preached and I was just thinking about Jesus and his resurrection and I came across something that back in the 1990s I had found uh, someone had written and I had preached and it got me so fired up I'm like I got to share this on Easter Sunday morning and so I might just get a little excited about it so I'm sorry uh, if you know, some of you that are not expressive but I want you to, to understand how trustworthy the bridge of Jesus is. God is the one who made us. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. 
No barrier can hinder him from throwing out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful and impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of the world. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. He doesn't have to call for help, and you can't confuse him. He doesn't need you, and he doesn't need me. He stands alone in the solitude of himself. He's august, and he's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest ideal in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. He can satisfy all your needs and he can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent and he purifies the meek. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. You can trust him. He is the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. You can trust him. He's the master of the mighty, the captain of the conquerors, the head of heroes, the leader of legislators, the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors, the prince of princes, the king of kings, the lord of lords. You can trust him. You can trust him. His office, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteousness. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but you can trust him. He's indescribable. He, listen to me now, he's God. He's incomprehensible. He's invisible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind and you can't get him off your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. There was nobody before him. There'll never be anybody after him. He had no predecessor. He'll have no successor. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. Give the Lord some praise today. You can trust him.
You can trust him. He's trustworthy. You can trust him. You can be seated if you can. No other bridge has come back from the dead. You can trust this bridge because Jesus is the bridge and he is alive. You say, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Well, the bridge has come to you. It's as if he has turned the bridge your direction. And you can choose to cross through and over the bridge. God offers the same power that raised Jesus from the dead for you. If you're a follower of Jesus already, I want to remind you, perhaps you've begun to wander away or think about chasing other dreams or other solutions to the issues that you have, but you need to go back across the bridge because only Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Or perhaps you're here today and you've chased other things and you're shooting arrows and you keep missing it. You're building bridges and nothing's working. You're trying to buy other programs. Believe in people. All you do is get let down. All you need to know is the bridge has come your direction. Across that bridge when I come to it, well, today the bridge has come to you. What's dead in your life? Jesus is the bridge. Are your dreams dead? Jesus is the bridge. When you decide to walk across that bridge, you will recognize. My sin burnt the bridge originally, but Jesus comes back to me and he has a love for me that is indescribable. He loved me before I chose him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what Romans says. And so as I step onto the bridge, I recognize that he takes my sin and washes me clean as white as snow. And then he allows me to come to the Father through him. And I could walk across the bridge to freedom and life and relationship to the only one that knows me for who I am. He was there with your mother in your mother's womb when you were being shaped. And he never left you. He's still here today. And he has a relentless love that's reaching out to you. Today is your day. Today, the bridge has come to you. And it's time for you and I to cross that bridge. Would you stand with me today on both campuses?